Would you open God's precious holy word to Proverbs 4? Wisdom, instruction, and understanding. We've already seen in, in our study here that wisdom is personified uh, in the feminine. So it's a, it's a woman, a lady, personified as a lady. And two, two important elements come forth from her. And those important elements are instruction and understanding. Wisdom begets instruction. Someone is wise. And that, of course, wisdom comes with experience and a lot of other things go into it. And the total summation of, of life's experience makes a person wise if the person has applied those experiences correctly and properly. Out from wisdom comes instruction. Now here is where the disconnect could come in. Instruction is useless if there is no understanding. So wisdom begets instruction and instruction begets understanding. The very important and vital aspect or perspective of wisdom is that it can produce instruction. But the very important perspective or aspect of instruction is that it must produce understanding or the whole thing is in vain and the person who's being taught is still in foolishness, folly instead of wisdom. All right, so with that understanding and with that background, let's look at it beginning in verse one. Children, okay, here it's used in the plural. Earlier it was my son, but here it's, it's the plural. Children, hear the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. I'll stop there. Here is the foundational premise. After, after the understanding that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding and all, after that, the next premise is that in the family unit, parents take the calling, the charge, the parental charge to teach their children properly Seriously, they take that calling seriously. So this is, this is a premise that in the 21st century where we live is not as easily accepted in culture today as it was in cultures past. We're seeing here how a person can live a contented, meaningful and prosperous life. He can live a life of peace and productivity he can live a life where he doesn't have to be afraid. Uh, he, he, can, he can live in contentment. So we're building up through all of that, and we've come to this part now. So we, we add 
to what we've already looked at. And we continue on down that path. So the understanding here is that you have parents and, and then we'll say that you have the father figure as well, more closely identified or more, more singularly identified along the way. You have, these, you have this identity produced with the, with the innate, essential life product or, or gift or understanding that I want my children to be successful. I want them to live prosperously. And I want them to be good and not bad. So this is the culture where this is set, of course, in the Old Testament. Remember who wrote this? King Solomon, right? That's, he, he's the guy that introduced this whole thing. King of Israel, son of David, king of Israel. The culture of the people of God was a culture based on family units. Look at the, look at the history of Israel. It starts with Father Abraham. And then in Genesis, we have this very, well, fairly detailed account of the events in the lives of the families of Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob. And then with Jacob, who had all of those sons and, and the daughter, his story gets more complicated. But it still focuses on the father figure and the importance of family and the importance of sound instruction. So it makes its way into, those, into the lives of those 12 sons who, as you and I know, in the course of Old Testament history, are the progenitors of the 12 tribes of Israel. And as the 12 tribes of Israel, they become the nation of Israel. Still, however, the understanding is that this nation, the culture, the society, the importance of instruction, and how to live it are all based on the family unit. So this is, this is where this is coming from, okay? Children, hear the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. All right. Hear the instruction and pay attention so that you can understand what you're being taught. Parents many times positively enforce that instruction. boy, way to go. Let's go get you a Happy Meal. That's kind of cheap these days. What would you get them? I don't know. A new bicycle, I don't know, whatever. And then sometimes it is, you didn't do what I said do, did you? And it's negatively reinforced. Okay, so there's a lot that goes into hearing the instruction and giving attention to knowing understanding. Very important 
part of the role of the Father here. For I give you good doctrine or good teaching. I'm teaching you something that is tried and true. These are the things I was taught. God has been good to me. I'm, I'm able to walk through life with peace and contentment. My father taught me how to be productive. And in that productivity, I was a good neighbor. My, fa my family has been secure. So, I give you good doctrine. I give you good teaching. Do not forsake my law. On down here, my commands. It's a very weighty message. It is a profound responsibility that the Father has. And He knows that. He has traveled through life and He was blessed. You remember, He's, he's already referenced... He's already referenced earlier, and then he references again. When I was a child at home, my father and my mother, he references back how stable his family life was. Very important. So he's teaching his child, this is a law. This is not something that is trivial to be trifled with. These, these are tried and proven principles and philosophies of life. And if you forsake them, you're going to spiral into foolishness and you're going to have a hard life. And it'll end in you. Remember what we said earlier, saw earlier in the Proverbs? You'll die. It'll kill you. You won't be able to live in a stable society. You'll be an outlier against whom that society must come. And sooner or later, cost you your life. Do not forsake my law. When I was son of my father, a tender child, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Now, here's what this father is saying to the child, reflecting back on what the child's grandfather or his father did for him. You live in a stable life. Reasonably, we are peaceful, at peace and secure. Our needs are met. It doesn't mean that you're going to be extraordinarily wealthy, but it does mean that you can get along in life based on the principles and philosophies that, that everybody knows about. These just common sense principles, really. My father taught me, and he taught me the importance of retaining his words and following the way he taught me. He taught me that I would live, that life would be a positive experience for me. Get wisdom, get understanding. <clears throat> now, fathers want to teach their sons, parents want to teach their children a lot of things. 
There are so many things in, in, in our society today. We want our children to do well. If they have interests, we want them to excel in those interests. We want them, however, early on to understand the importance of responsibility, of telling the truth, work ethic, being careful to obey the law, watch out with whom you make company. That was some of the first lessons in Proverbs you may remember. Don't hang out with thugs and let them lead you into, into all kinds of problems. It won't work out for you that way. So get wisdom, get understanding. Now here's a little child. Even, even before the child can begin to be taught a trade, which is how it would have been in those days, even before that, he needs to understand the important principles and philosophies of life that lead to good living, peaceful, righteous living. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. So now he gets into the positive aspects. Here's how your life's going to be if you will get wisdom and get understanding. Don't forget it. Don't walk away from what I'm saying. You'll be preserved. Love her and she will keep you. The principal thing is wisdom. You're instructed. Now you have understanding. Can you apply it? Can you make it fit into your life as you go down the path of life and thus it produces for you a positive effect. Now that's wisdom, okay? The principal thing is wisdom, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. And these are the spiritual things that she does for you. She will place an ornament of grace on your head she will deliver a crown of glory to you. Remember where wisdom starts? With the fear of God. You remember that? That's back to the first part of the Proverbs. Fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. That's where it all starts. You pursue it, you get it. Be instructed and stay with it until you understand it. And then practice it in your life until you can apply it. And you can see it work in your life. And because you started out with a fear of Yahweh, a fear of the Lord, this wisdom will put you into grace and glory. Man, what, what more could you... You may accomplish a lot of things in life. You may be very successful in life because you've pursued the path of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But the crown of it is to reach the end of life and see that there is still more than that. Hear my son. Now he focuses probably on the eldest son. In that culture, in that day, the eldest son would assume the responsibility of the family with the passing of the father. 
Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and your life will be many years. You ever, if you notice, we see this, we see this over and over again. Longevity of life is directly related to following the path of wisdom. The emotional and spiritual man when improperly fed will produce a diseased body. Emotions can affect you physically. Even spiritual things can affect you physically. That's not lost on King Solomon. Especially thinking of how he will experience life and tells, about it, tells us about it in Ecclesiastes. Your life will be many years. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not fail or stagger or stumble. These, these worthy principles and philosophies of life and the scriptures in both testaments are replete with those principles. Of course, first and foremost, the scriptures lead us to Christ our Savior. But God doesn't leave us there just to dangle in life. He gives us pointers. If you follow this path, you will find that your life will be meaningful that your health will be better than if you followed another path. Let's, let's, let's just take some biblical examples. Joseph, godly man, young man, committed to his God, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, his father's God. He grew up, he was a very spiritually sensitive young man, such that his brothers were jealous of him. Jacob saw great things in Joseph. Joseph never forsook those principles of life. Even in the difficult times when he was falsely accused regarding Potiphar's wife and was cast in prison for many years, wrongfully accused, he never forsook the way that he had been taught. Even in prison, he rose to the top. Finally, still somewhat a young man, when he was exonerated, he rose to practically the top of the world in his day. We could say that even though he had difficulties along the way, he was never really hindered. And he never failed. He didn't stagger. He stayed with it. There are other examples in the Bible as well. His just comes to mind. Take firm hold of instruction. Love the teaching. Drink it in. 
then test it. See if it works. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on by. Keep going. Never let it have a piece of your life, ever. For they do not sleep unless they've done evil. They do not sleep and it's taken away from them unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. That's a strange passage, but oh so true. Those who are given over to wickedness and evil are restless until they've mistreated people, until they've done something wrong, until they have the negative impact. Hey, we've all known people in our lives like that. They just don't stop. They don't ever learn the lesson. And they keep failing. And apparently the only thing that gives them rest, takes them away from their restlessness, is the evil they must perform. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. So where does their pathway lead? It leads into a life of violence. Well, there's no peace in that life. None at all. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. Okay, so here is the contrast again in the Bible between light and darkness. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter into the full or fullness of day. So you're living in the light and it starts out like the dawn, but the light is shining and it's not night anymore. It's not dark anymore. The shadows are, are long because it's early in the morning, but the sun is rising and the day gets brighter. So someone on that path just finds the light getting brighter as he walks the path of light. But in contrast to that, the path of the wicked is like darkness. What they do not know makes them stumble. They're just groping and grappling around, tripping over everything, don't know where they are, don't know where they're headed. Pathetic. Pathetic. My son, is that it? Yeah. My son, give attention to my words. Now, here, here starts this, uh, this litany of instructions where the teacher, the father, is telling the son to use every faculty of his life and focus himself in every way into the instruction. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. 
for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So this, this instruction continues with, with regard to his faculties. He says, with all diligence, keep your heart for out of it spring the boundaries, the issues, the boundaries of life. May I quote the wisdom of Dirty Harry. <laughs> A good man knows his limitations. Right. So, your heart, if you, if you give, give yourself to instruction and understanding, your heart will help keep you in check and help you to see the issues, the boundaries of life. Put far away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse, crooked lips far away. So we've seen the eyes, the ears, the mouth. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Right? That's first, that may be the first song. I don't know. I guess Jesus Loves Me was the first song I ever learned. My mama teaching me that I had to be careful what I looked at, what I heard, what I spoke, where my feet would go, what my hands would do. This is, this is the guy that wrote the song right here. Put far away from you a deceitful mouth and put crooked lips far away from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. In every aspect of life, pursue wisdom, receive instruction, and get understanding. And make sure that your life is applied to the path of wisdom. We're going to stop there and uh, we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time.